Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, another episode of the Cosby Street Podcast. Joe Superbone here, alongside Joel Superbone and Chuck Dutra. Gentlemen, the Southern have released the schedule. It's official. The NBA is back. NBA released the schedule. And ESPN, of course, took that opportunity to make it a broadcast event. And uh, it's exciting because everybody, of course, tuned in. Everyone is talking about uh, who has it worse. And the Southern's... Have themselves a pretty uh, challenging schedule. We'll break that down. Also, we'll check in with Scoop B. Robinson. Joel got a one-on-one. We'll check in with him. And we'll also talk about uh, what we missed. Because it feels like every two days there's like a, a, a new crazy story out there uh, in the NBA. So we'll take our trip around the NBA with Joel's in case you missed it. But uh, like I said off the top, man, uh, sometimes it's a, a tough schedule. But so does... The Raptors, and I'll talk about that in a little bit later. But let's, let's first let's talk about the schedule, guys. Uh, first of all, what do we think about oh, this? Um, we talking schedule, bro? We no, looking no, ahead, no, no, kid? No, 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 we no, looking no. ahead, we're kid? We're looking ahead. Absolutely I mean, not. I guess we're. I guess we are technically right. Yo, I mean, you guys want to know who the Celtics are playing, bro? We're glancing. <laughs> we're glancing ahead. We're not really looking ahead because yo, know, get those get those still... binoculars out, kid. We looking ahead. There's still there's still 34 days or so before the Celtics even play one game. So Damn I don't it. know how long this looking ahead is gonna last. It's like when Between that first. It's like when that preseason schedule comes out. You know, everyone's excited because they know basketball's coming, but everyone's kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens with this. But these games mean something, though. Which is, right? usually, which is usually like around this time of the year when let's those, bring up the enthusiasm a bit. You know, the, let's try to get to where Sean's at. Preseason, no, that's. That that first game, that first game is huge. That if that doesn't wake up wake up the Celtics and Bucks, man, I don't know what will. Is that a Eastern Conference Finals preview? Maybe. Oh, you never know. You never know. All right, well, Sean, why don't you? Uh, you know, I'll give you the floor here. You know, since you're going to be repeating these teams in about a month or so when we uh, do look ahead. But go ahead, man. Why don't you tell us uh, who are the first eight teams the Celtics going to face before going into the playoffs? Bro, I thought you had this. Uh, okay, let me get it up real quick, bro. This is fucking <laughs> Yo, the first time I'm looking ahead for a while. You don't even know. I need to lead in with the Milwaukee Bucks talk. And you don't even have the, the schedule ready? Is that the only game you were thinking about? Uh, I, thought I, had a, I thought I had a little time here. I thought not I had only a that, time. no, not only that, you're, you're, you're the one that's like, oh, this is my segment, right? So we're assuming you had this shit ready to go. <laughs> Yo, I did, but then I, you know, okay, all right, all right, all right, like we're looking ahead. Left. We looking ahead, kid. We looking ahead, kid. Yo, uh, you know, I've learned one thing with no basketball is don't look behind. Don't look at what could have been. Don't look at what happened. Just look ahead. That that's that's your that's your. Uh, you got enough time to come up with that, but you don't have enough time to look at the whole schedule. That's your advice for the day. I think it's just stalling. 
Oh, got it up now. Looks like there Friday, July 31st. There July 31st. Celtics at 6.30 p.m. Takes on the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I'm not is sure. A, is that a now, home game or away? I was just going to say, I'm not <laughs> sure. If this is a, if this is technically a Celtics home game, I think it was or a, will it, will, will it be away? I think it was an away game originally, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was an away game originally. Yeah. That was supposed to happen, but will, what, what side will the Celtics be sitting on? That's what I want to know. This, this schedule is flawed already. This is bullshit. The schedule is bullshit already, man. I mean, right. if you think about it though, like, what did you expect? Like at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be bad weird. No, no. All right, I'm just going to say the games. I just hope they don't do what, what soccer's doing. All right, don't be pumping in no uh, fake booze. And- no. Uh, he wants to, ah, uh, that's what he wants. Oh. Yeah, that's what it was. I had to rewind that shit. Like, am I just like tuned to know what the crowd's going to say on a goal? <laughs> or did I just actually hear that? I rewound it because I was like, did they just, ooh? When he missed the goal, they have a ooh button, man. I want at least like a, I don't know, like if 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 the Celtics got a home game, right? Shouldn't there be a couple of let's go Celtics, dun 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 dun. But that's just it. And like, there's no there's no home or away. It's just it's a neutral site. It's like NCAA, you know the uh, the March Madness just without fans. So you, one way or another, there's just there's just no there's no favoriting to anybody. That's so it's an, it. I think, honestly, it's an asexual way. crowd? What no, the to, hell? To, to me, the Are they going to reproduce by themselves too? What the hell is this? To me, the best way to do it is why don't you just pump in like bar noises or sounds from that respective home team? You know what I mean? And then you can like, how cool would that be to be at a bar and you can like, you could cheer on or you can get a defense chant going and they're, the players that you're actually cheering for, all those times you scream at the TV when everyone says that guy next to you is like, oh, you know they can't hear you, right? No, they'll actually be able to hear you. How about they get? <laughs> Yo, fuck you, LeBron. How about yeah. they get? Yo, how about they get cardboard it's cutouts? It's something you're pumped when you hear that in the finals. You're like, all right, that's what I want to hear because that's exactly what the Garden would be saying to LeBron right now. How about how about cardboard cutouts and then just pump in some noise like you know, boos and ahs and and no nah, man, and I need cheers. to be authentic. All right, if you're gonna go that route, <laughs> you gotta be authentic. Be authentic. Yeah, if we need I holograms. Hear, we need holograms. I want to hear that drunken guys, you know, slur come in authentically. I don't want it to be nothing fake over here, just man. Put, here's just here's the thing, though. Here's holograms, the thing. holograms of kids, like you know, because Disney no. put holograms of kids with Mickey Mouse. The church, NBA, the, the NBA fucked up. They should have had fans bid to be a hologram in the stadium <laughs> while these games are playing. You know how much money they could have made? Yeah. I would have. I would have spent. I would have bought a bleacher seat. I would have got a bleacher seat if I could have been a hologram and they could have heard me cheering. There's a, there's a and reason. I would, you're not paying a penny for not yeah, there's a There's a reason, there's a reason why you're not the commissioner, bro. Uh, if I was the commissioner, that shit would be happening, and that shit would be life-changing. If you're guaranteed TV time, I think a lot of people would have put up some money. But you don't need TV time. All it would be is you'd have a, you'd have like a Xbox microphone on, a USB headset on, like we're talking right now, but you'd be in the stadium. So, like... If there's 30,000 seats, you'd be one of the 30,000 voices. You're talking about for audio. I think talking about video. Okay. And video. Of course, you're going to be a video guy there. It's just like a, it's a hologram of you, but your sound would be echoing through the stadium, like at a certain level, you know? That should be what they're doing, but it's ridiculous that no one else is, 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 is thinking about this, man. I've been thinking about this for, for, I told you about the bar thing the other day. I told you, told you about the sticking ooze and the ooh button and the ah button and the, the you're a wanker button that probably they have in the fucking Premier League, bro. You definitely, definitely didn't talk about that one. You definitely talk the about wanker that. button. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just thought that they should have that because I like when British people say wanker. Yeah, <laughs> you bring up a good point. You though. fucking <laughs> wanker. What if they? What if the local channels of all these games are getting broadcast? Because you know, I mean, looking at this eight game schedule here, what if the local channel? Because they won't be there physically. What if they're pumping in like some sort of background basketball? TD Garden noise. I don't know. I don't. I, I, don't think, I, think, I don't think TNT or, or, or NBC. I mean, not NBC. Uh, ABC or, or, or ESPN is going to be doing that. But whatever, whatever local channel that you're watching your team on, maybe they're maybe they're pumping in some noise. But could you imagine? Could you imagine if you pay like twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars for a courtside hologram if you're Spike Lee? Like you would do that. You know what I mean? If you could just be like, oh, walking around over there is a hologram. Yeah. Telling you, no, nah, man, no, no, that should have been what they did. That, that's that's still 2019, bro. That's 
Swag's not about that life anymore, bro. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a- All right, so if Jack Nick, if the Lakers make the finals and Jack Nicholas Nicholson, Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholson, whatever the fuck his name is, <laughs> the golfer or the actor? Yes. Yes. If he wants to be sitting courtside, he would pay that money for that, bro. I'm telling you. All right, what are the, what are the next seven teams, Sean? Come on, man. All right, fine. I really think you guys are sleeping on this hologram idea. Anyways. <laughs> We're not in charge of doing that or not. It's just, it's just your idea. It's a great fucking idea. Okay. So out of the eight games they're playing, they're, they're going to, they're going to meet the top three contenders in the Eastern Conference. Um, and then they're going to be playing a bunch of teams, uh, that are fighting for their life. So first they start with the Bucks on July 31st. Then the Portland Trailblazers on the 2nd of August. The Heat on Tuesday, August 4th. Back to back is here. They got the Nets on Wednesday. I believe that's a home and uh, it's a, it's a, that's a back to back. They travel from Miami back to Brooklyn, <laughs> which that travel is not going to be very good for them, but we'll see what happens. And then they got to cross the border, go to Toronto on, uh, on the seventh. Then it, it, it is strange. I'll tell you this. They are playing an away game technically because they got the Orlando Magic and the Orlando Magic technically are playing eight home games. If you really want to think about it. So they got the best chance here, I think, to make a little noise. Uh, everybody good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then so goes, uh, so recap, Bucks, Blazers, Heat, Nets, Raptors, Magic, then the Grizzlies, and then they end with the Washington Wizards, who don't want to be there. My guess is no one will be playing at that point. And yeah, so seven out of the eight games, man. Seven out of the eight games, they're going to be playing with teams that actually have something to play for, bro. They, they get a little bit of a tough schedule here. Yeah, I mean, I think those last couple of games going to be very favorable for them, so I think that helps. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, and, and they should be getting in stride by that time, too. Right, right. And I also think that, again, a lot of teams going to be sloppy with it, so it's hard to tell, hard to gauge uh, which teams out of the gate going to come out, you know, 2, 3, or 4, and 0. Oh. But I don't know, man. If I had to put a record on it, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to say 6 and know, 2. 5 and 3. Six and two, like I, I feel good about it. Call me crazy, but I think those those last three games, nah, I man. think are, are are more than winnable. I think the worst case scenario is six and two, but you know what? We're going eight and zero, baby. We're going eight and zero, kid. We're going eight and zero. I say six and two, and one of those losses is against the Magic because the Magic have been a pain in the Celtics' side for a couple of years Yo, now. And hey, no one's no one's talking about this, bro. Why is Orlando getting all eight home games, bro? That's ridiculous. <laughs> they need that's it. ridiculous. They're gonna make the eight seed. The, it's all good. It's the, all good, the, man. It's all good. It's all good. You know, it's not the Amway Center. It's it's you know, it's the worldwide sports complex. They've never played there before, so. It's all good. It's not. Yo, how much you want to? How much you want to bet that stupid mascot's gonna be there? He's gonna be like, yo, it's me and gay logo and my and my wife mascot as well. Okay, so we got two spots. You figure out what happens with the other thirty three. Yeah, I don't know. Mascots are gonna show up. Mascots are usually for the fans. If no fans, what? What's the point of having a mascot? No, I think I think Sean's joking. Yo, oh my. But yo, check this out. Toronto Raptors have it way worse. All right. Oh, Lakers. Heat. Oh. Magic, Celtics, Grizzlies, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Denver. Who is wow. this? Now, Yo. keep in mind, the Celtics are two games behind Toronto. They hold the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. So let's have a really good chance to this grab. Is, this is Toronto's uh, this, schedule? Two seed. This is Toronto's schedule. All right. So this is a really good chance for Celtics not only grab the second seed, but they're going to avoid uh, a matchup with the Bucks in the second now, round, which I think now, is very significant. Now, hold on one second, though. And, and the Sixers. The first is, the, is the is the Lakers the first game they play? That's the very first game they play. Okay, so I don't think that that makes the schedule seem a lot harder. But the Lakers don't have nothing to play for. Also, they will be coming out very slow out the gate. That's true, but so could Toronto. But yeah, but Toronto Toronto has a lot to play for. They they have they have people they ha- they can they can fall. I don't even think the Lakers really realistically the Lakers need to win three games and that's their magic number. You know. No, I get it. I, I just think either way, man, it's the spirit of competition. Like, it's back to my yeah. point from the beginning with this thing, with no fans, you know, w- whether it's trash talking or, or whether it's uh, they, that sort of mind game, you have a legitimate edge now because you don't have the crowd that plays a part anymore. Like, it, it's literally, it's you versus me 
come get some. You know what I mean? It's like old school in a sense, if you look at it that way. And I, I'm hoping, hopefully I'm you know right on this, I'm hoping that it's going to bring some more of that, what we used to see, none of this gamey, oh, let's shake hands before and after games and let's hang out afterwards and stuff. No, I want to see that 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 chippiness. I want to see that anger. I want to see that gruesome back and forth. I want these games to be, and people are predicting this already because people are going to be out of shape, but I want it to be, like in the eighties when, when, when guys weren't hanging out outside of games and, and in between seasons and shaking hands and swapping, posing for Instagram pics, swapping all that's jerseys. gonna be out the window. It's gonna be purely about basketball. It's not gonna be yeah. about yeah. Uh, making the crowd go nuts or, or, or shutting the crowd up anymore. It's gonna be you versus me. I really think it's gonna be more trash talking. There's gonna be more uh you know, guys getting under other people's skin and you're gonna see what you know, guys are made of essentially. You know, who's gonna be able to back it up? Actually, you know what? I can't even really predict what's going to happen uh, with to to the no crowd perspective. Honestly, when I'm watching the Premier League with no fans, it seems like it took them about two the the first two games to actually start playing with a little bit of intensity. You know what I mean? Like it took them a little bit of time. Like that Manchester City game the other day, that was insane. But I mean, at, at the same time, like that, there's been a lot of duds. So I, I just, I just hope that, you know, they, they will have enough practice time. I'm not sure if they're going to be scrimmaging at all against other teams when they get to the bubble or if that's that, but you know. Yeah. There's, there's reports that that, that's possibly almost likely what's going to happen because everyone's arriving in like in groups of three different groups and not everybody's arriving at the same time. Yeah, teams, teams start to arrive on the seventh, and then but they get there. They get there what two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks before the the season tip off. Yeah, like I said the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and the season tips off the thirtieth. So you got like so three hopefully weeks. Every, everyone three weeks. gets everyone's gets the COVID out their system from the airport that they're gonna fucking catch when they get there by the time the season starts. Yeah, Sean, that's um that's hopefully the um the goal there since uh you're convinced everyone's catching COVID when they arrive. Uh, nine thousand cases in one day. That's not good, my man. Not, it's not all nope. in Orlando, bro. Nope, it's not. Nope, nope. And you know what? DC was just made the fifty-first state, but you fuck know, that. I you gonna say something completely different? Fuck that. This is what you. This is what you go with. No. Yeah. Fuck that. No, Florida's done. Don't Cut be surprised that shit off. if they pull the plug on this thing while it's going. I really wouldn't be surprised by that. Matter of no, fact, Adam no, Silver even himself nope. said it. I think, I think, I think once the first tip off happens, as long as they're able to field squads, they're going to be playing. Like as long as I, I, I think, I think they've invested so much in this. No, I know, but it's like, it's if, if a couple of players here and there, you know, test positive, that's different, but you got, but here's the you thing, got like, you know, 12 players in like a few days. If that happens down there in Orlando. That's a different story. That's they're gonna well, they're gonna start to be like, oh, even players are gonna be like, wait a second, we 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 ain't suiting up if this is if this keeps going on, you know, this frequent, this quickly, and, and within just us being here in the first few weeks or so. That's stupid. That's stupid because if they don't go down there thinking that that's a possibility, then they're insane, kid. Like if the NBA didn't go into this thinking like, hey, people could possibly get COVID. Like, then they're stupid too. Like, you have to go into it thinking like, hey, do we want to put the season back on? Yes. Okay. Can we do it as safe as possible? We're going to try to. But will people get COVID? The answer is yes. Like, people are going to get infected when they're down there. But I'm just saying. Especially, I'm not especially saying, because. I'm not especially saying it's not going to happen. Florida, saying, is, Florida is the dumbest state in the entire fucking universe of the entire world what i don't even know man florida oh my god just the dumbest people jesus assholes this thing should be gone except you had to go to your beaches in april you had to go to your bus i'm not not going to a bus yeah fuck you that's what i gotta say to people in florida don't listen to our podcast if you live in florida that's what i'm gonna say all right well on that note let's get to our guest scoopy robinson let's see what he thinks of florida he is a senior writer for heavy.com Host of The Scoopy Radio Podcast. He is a contributor on Fox, MSNBC, and ESPN. And he's making his second appearance here on the Causeway Street Podcast. He is Brandon Scoopy Robinson. What's going on, Scoop? Welcome back to Causeway Street. Man, glad to be back like I never left. Thanks for having me. It's been an interesting three and a half months, to say the least, right? And 
with everything that's been going on with the, the, the planning of all major sports leagues. So obviously we're going to talk about the NBA here and the fact that their restart plan is, is literally right around the corner. So, I mean, today, uh, we're recording this podcast on a Friday. So the leagues, you know, sent out a statement about the 16 out of the 302 players have tested positive for the coronavirus. Plus they have released their, you know, 22 team format plan once again, just to reiterate everything, including the playing tournament and the playoff seating. And it seems like it's going to happen. So what are you hearing in terms of like the Disney World bubble and the, you know, the season actually resuming despite the spike in uh, COVID-19 cases in the state of Florida? I mean, the governor earlier today already closed all bars and put in place other measures after the state nearly hit 9,000 new cases in one day. So should the league reconsider heading to Orlando next month or find a new location? What are you hearing? What are the rumblings that you're hearing? I mean, so in the first part of your question, you asked if, um, you know, what do I think about it? I believe the answer is... Me personally, um, I think that the numbers are high um, in Florida, in the state of Florida. And I think, you know, but I think also um, when the NBA comes to town, it's like the president comes to town, they shut down everything. It's literally like that scene in Coming to America when, when King Joffrey Joffre comes out and he's got the better roses. <laughs> they're sprinkled on the ground. You hear the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, and also it's like, I think at the end of the day, uh, I think there, the NBA stands to lose two million dollars, or excuse me, two billion dollars. That's a lot. It's a big difference between two million, two billion, two billion dollars. Um, you know, if they don't resume their season, and the other thing is, you know, they're trying to recoup the television money. I mean, think about it. So I know that if they play seven, at least seventy games within the contract, they recoup the rest of the money um, that they did not receive. So they, you know, that's why I think they've kind of covered themselves with the preseason, you know, play-in situation where. You know, teams will have played 70 games, you know, so you, 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 you look at it from that perspective. So, okay, say things get worse and a lot of people get sick, then, you know, they'll still get their money and they can go home. But I think, you know, there's nothing in the collective bargaining that states that you can't just automatically crown a champion and then the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, who have won the most games, you know, in the regular season. But, um, I also just think that I think anything that's new, you know, there's, it comes with much resistance. And so, you know, with that being said, I think, um, I don't know, I think with the NBA, I think there's a, I think what's understated is that there are a lot of people who actually do want to play. <laughs> the person I can think of off the top of my head is LeBron James. You know, he, he wants to win that championship and more. But there are a group of guys who, you know, who, who, who don't want to play. You know, you look at Kyrie Irving, former Celtic, on your Boston market, you know, for example, who. You know, now I remember the Brooklyn Nets who, you know, was on that conference call and, you know, Avery Bradley, if I'm not mistaken, was a former Celtic as well. Um, and, you know, there, what I can tell you is just in my conversation, they, they are on one accord as you saw Avery Bradley pull out and, you know, Kyrie Irving is injured. He has the choice whether he wants to go or not. But there are a lot of players who have voice, you know, that they don't want to play. You know, younger guys who, you know, don't want to play. But, you know, that was what that conference call was about, you know, finding alternate measures. Uh, Chris Paul was on that call. There were about, you know, 79 or 80 other people on that call, both from the WWE and the NBA. But I, I'll tell you, man, I think, um, some people say that it, basketball is like, um, you know, or, you know rather the, the, the COVID-19, um, is kind of like a, 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 you know, hurting your ankle a little bit. You know, it's, I think it's more the shock of getting it than, you know, actually, you know, dealing with it, you know, so. You haven't seen any cases in the NBA where, you know, individuals have died from it. Um, you know, I know a few people, you know, in the NBA family who have had it and, you know, they're dealing with it. You know, I know Isaiah Thomas, NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, I had his, his daughter on my podcast and, you know, she, she was diagnosed with it early on and she talked about what it was like rehabbing with it and things of that sort. So it's just a lot going on. And I think, you know, the NBA has been trying to be steadfast and, you know, trying to get guys to play and, um, you know, they have the choice if they don't want to play, they don't have to show up and they'll still get paid. I think that's their out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, 16 players in, in less than a week testing positive for the coronavirus. That's a lot. I mean, do you see that number, you know, going, going up as we, as we're approaching closer to, you know, the target data for these teams to arrive in, in, in Orlando? Yeah, I do. I think particularly because you don't know where everybody's come from. Um, you know, you, you have cases like Nikola Jokic uh, of, of the Denver Nuggets who, you know, had it. And, you know, he was around uh, Jokovic, uh, the, the tennis player. 
and they were all in a similar space. And you look at guys like Buddy Hill uh, of, uh, of the Sacramento Kings, who you know has played and picked up games in Oklahoma City. You know, I knew a couple of people who were in attendance in that game, and they said Buddy looked great. You know, but you worry about just those close quarters and guys coming together and playing. Could the same thing happen? Like. Jokic, you pray not, you know, but you just don't know. And then, look, does Nike find a way to create masks as a marketing ploy for guys? If that becomes the new sleeve, like the arm sleeve, you know, guys have face masks. That's the new thing. You know, most people don't know this. Alan Iverson was the first guy in the NBA that was wearing an arm sleeve. He actually wore it, you know, because he had bursitis on his, on his elbow. Many people thought it was because he was covering up his tattoos. Um, so, you know, could a face mask be a new accessory in the NBA? It's like tights are. It'll be interesting to see, but um, you know, I, I think when you look at the, 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 the numbers potentially spiking, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, just because you're in close quarters, you're all in a Epcot type bubble and, um, or what's perceived to be a bubble. I think it's interesting just to, you know, not, not trying to be political, but I find it interesting that, you know, early on in, in the president's campaign, he was talking about build a wall and, you know, now the bubble, wall and bubble are, 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 our, our key words or coin terms that are being used and in our minds, you know, we fathom what that is in our mind, what it is like, is there actually a bubble or is it just called a bubble? You know, yeah, I think those yeah. things are so interesting. You, you think of Epcot Center, you think of like movies like Men in Black and, and, and things of that sort, like, is there actual a bubble? But I, I think you're enclosing NBA guys from all walks of life, different countries, different cities. Um, and they all have to play basketball. Then you have the issue with the coaches, you know, guys like who are over the age of 65, Greg Popovich, Alvin Gentry, and, and Dan you, know, you, you, Mike Dantoni, thank you. I haven't had my afternoon coffee. Uh, but, <laughs> but when you, when you look at all of those, those guys just encapsulated in one, how do they respond to that? Like, I don't mean to make light of it, but the way that coronavirus has been discussed, it reminds me so much of, you know, my childhood when, when Magic Johnson uh, came up HIV positive and, you know, there were players who didn't want to play against Magic because yeah. they thought that they were going to get it. And, um, you know, and they called it the, the gay man's virus without having enough information to support that theory. Exactly. And I think we're in a similar but different situation with coronavirus. Like, we don't know. We're still figuring a lot out. And um, I think, you know, if there's a cure and or a vaccine, I think that's a whole nother topic, you know, yeah. um, that we're trying to figure out. So it's just a lot to, to, to dissect in a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, if if this turns out to go, you know, further south in terms of more players and more team staff or coaches that do turn up testing positive for the coronavirus, do you think the NBA has a plan B, and should they? Yeah, to me, it seems that their plan B is simply to just for other teams to sign other players. Like I've had conversations with you know players who are not exactly retired, but they haven't signed their paperwork for retirement. That have told me they're keeping their options open in that regard. That there's an interest in actually playing, um, and I think that you know this kind of gives certain players a new life. But I also just think um, there should there are some red flags. You look at the state of Florida, um, you look at, you know, the fact that their numbers have spiked exponentially. Then you look at, you know, for example, like um, my birthday was May 28th. And I remember George Floyd, the death or the murder of George Floyd happened soon thereafter. Yeah. And just seeing people in response protesting all across the world, not just the U.S., not just um, Minnesota, not just you know, like literally like throughout the world, Barclays yeah. Center, people protesting every day. Yeah. Um, Boston, every day. Jalen Brown, the Celtic, going to Atlanta to protest. And so naturally, those numbers are going to go up. What I'm interested to see in that, you know, in that, in, in that causation is, is the quantitative, you know, data to, 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 to support, you know, how the, I guess the correlation between the people who are out there protesting and the effects of those numbers and also places like, and I don't like to blame Chicago, but it's been used as an example. Places like Chicago where people have, you know, have parties and without masks on. Like, it's just like, you know, to me, a mask is not just, it's an inconvenience for many, but you, you're protecting yourself and others around you. And so I, I think there are so many different factors that go into this. I worry about people's health in the long term, not just whether a season is being played or not. Well, I listened to both of your interviews with Kendrick Perkins and Ryan Hollins, you know, two former Celtics mm -hmm. teammates. 
who were on the opposite side when it came to uh, Kyrie Irving calling for a boycott of the NBA season in Orlando. Did he have an argument or did it have to take someone like A.B. Bradley to further explain what the current social unrest in the country and when it comes to, you know, racial injustice, is it bigger than basketball? Yeah, I think it is bigger than basketball. Um, and I think that when you think about people's attention spans, I think when you look at George Floyd and what happened, it took a coronavirus pandemic to get many people's attention. It, it wasn't like a situation where in, in past where people could look at video and then say, you know, this guy was resisting arrest. And I, and I look at Twitter comments sometimes and people will make a statement that, you know, well, George Floyd did time in jail. So almost trying to find validation and a reasoning for what a cop did, because in that moment, I doubt that a police officer looked in the computer to see whether he had a record or not. So to me, that's not valid. You know, and I think that way of thinking is the reason why there are so many injustices in today's society. And so, so to directly answer your question, about the social justice and more. You look at the NBA, it's predominantly African-American. Um, there are a lot of people in the, in, the, in the NBA that look like George Floyd. In fact, there's a lot of people in the NBA that are connected to George Floyd in some way, as you saw with Steven Jackson. You know, so with that being said, Kyrie's logic is, okay, people need to be entertained. If they're being entertained, that takes the attention away from the topic at hand, which is social justice which is issues of police brutality, issues of where, you know, the, the term Karens, where you talk about particular, you know, demographic of white women who call the police on black men and, and, and Hispanic men and, and other minorities based upon their level of uncomfortability. Um, you know, that logic is from Kyrie and from A.B. Bradley. You know, this is a time to get people's attention, to get what you want. You know, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, you know, I have friends who are African-American who work in a predominantly white office and, you know, they do get, you know, apologies or, you know, text messages of concern from, you know, their, their colleagues and you know, their employers. And, you know, the, the conversation could be now is the time to get what you want within the, within the workplace based upon, you know, that level of remorse that people feel, you know. So, you know, when you look back at history with African-Americans, you know, there are many African-Americans who feel as though, you know, when, when, when the slaves were set free, they were promised 40 acres of mule, and they never received it. And when you look at African-Americans in this society, it, it, it some, in some ways this feels like a seminal moment, uh, not comparing, but just how I see it. Um, where you look at Native Americans and, you know, some of the things that they received after, you know, the world admitting or the U.S. in particular admitting wrongdoing in a land that, you know, already existed. I think for somebody like Avery Bradley, to, to your direct question, I think represents somebody who's a little bit more level-headed and respected uh, publicly. Um, and I think oftentimes with Kyrie Irving, I think people take the world as flat comment and run with it. You know, something that was told in a joke that, you know, once it's said and once it goes viral, everybody perceives it and sees it differently. Um, but, you know, it's been expressed to me that Kyrie and Avery Johnson, excuse me, Avery Bradley, uh, were, were, were on one accord, you know, from the beginning, um, you know, and, 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 and there's a feeling that there was a level of divisiveness where people try to divide their points of view. Kyrie Irving and Avery Bradley both share a similar sentiment, you know, and I think as it relates to Kendrick Perkins, you know, and he admitted this on the Scoopy Radio podcast, his only regret is, you know, that he made the comment about Kyrie Irving and, you put a bird, if you put his brain in a bird, he's yeah, yeah. backwards. Um, you know, that, that comment for many, it felt, um, it felt divisive, even though he's in a position where he's just stating his opinion. Um, I think oftentimes, and that goes into a deeper sense with African Americans, um, how do you expect other races to respect you uh, when we ourselves don't always respect one another? Um, and, and I feel like when you, we air our dirty laundry out, you know, it's a residual effect. If other people don't respect you, or if you don't respect each other, how do you respect oneself? So I'm glad that, you know, Kendrick gave some clarity to that statement. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hoping to push that in the back burner and, and hopefully, you know, there's some sort of push for change. Not just for TV and social media, but actual real change. Yeah, I mean, I like what A.B. Bradley had to say. I think touching upon what you said earlier. Yeah, I think he spoke very well in, in explaining, you know, his proposals or, or the Players Coalition proposals to the NBA, but, you know, I want to know, what's your stance on social issues having a platform like the NBA? Well, I think, um, I guess that goes to the question, right? Do, do you, can you do both or do you have to do one or the other? Mm-hmm. Um, my stance on that first was, yes, um, I think there needs to be a level of 
um, focus and pause on what's next. And I think it's an issue about health. I've used this example often. I think in the case of Kyrie Irving, it felt like a mini, you know, Colin Kaepernick moment in the sense of, you know, with Colin Kaepernick, was it about the flag or was it about police brutality? And in the same vein with Kyrie, is it about social justice or is it about coronavirus? Yeah. Um, and I think what happens is, particularly as it relates to that conference call, I said this on a bunch of other shows where I spoke to about three or four different people you know, who were on that conference call. And what happens is you got 80 people on that call, but it's only Kyrie Irving whose voice you're tweeting about and things that he said. So I think oftentimes when you're having these conversations, the, the, it would be like if I'm sitting on this on this podcast with you now and you take one snippet of something that I said, like if I said, you know, if I said Joel is a jerk, everything else I said is known void. I don't think you're a jerk, by the way, but in, in that conversation where we're looking to build on something, that one quote about Joel is a, is a, is a jerk gets magnified versus the, the 20 or 30 other things that maybe he or someone else said. So I, I think you have to be very careful, to, particularly in today's 24-hour news coverage, where if those guys are working towards something, it doesn't get misquoted and misplaced because then it starts a whole different argument about something based upon aggregation and how things are framed. It'll be interesting going forward because, you know, Avery Bradley, he did say he's not going, but it's because of family health reasons. You know, concerns with his his oldest son who uh, is asymptomatic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. His son has a hard time recovering from respiratory illnesses. But he also said that he is going to put the time into what he was initially talking about with Kyrie Irving. So it'll be interesting to see how many other players who decide not to go for one reason or the, or the other going in that direction as well as as Avery Bradley. So uh, let's switch gears sure. up here a little bit. You know, assuming the season goes off without without any hiccups on July 30th, who are your favorites in each conference and and, you know, any sleeper team that you think could win this 22-team format? I mean, as you know, I've been pretty spot on or pretty much in the know as it relates to what's been going on with the Lakers over the last couple of years. Uh, minus Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard as it relates to Anthony <laughs> Davis and, you know, as it relates to just J.R. Smith and Le- LeBron himself coming um, and, and some other free agency signings I've, I've been on the, on the mark and, you know, and talking to various members of the current Lakers team, what I can tell you is, um, I think there's a, there's a zeal and there's a desire to really finish what they started. I mean, you look at a Lakers team who's in first place, you know, has literally gone from hiring a new coach, bringing in a new assistant coaching staff, um, bringing in, you know, dealing with LeBron's injury, uh, which was, you know, very underreported last season. Um, and, and, and the recovery time um, that it took, I think that the Lakers have, you know, grown leaps and bounds. And then, you know, adding other pieces, you dealt with the Marcus Cousins signing in and being hurt, and then bringing in Dwight Howard and A.B. Riley and Danny Green, just a lot of different things. Um, one, one Laker t- said to me, you know, where's the biggest first-place underdog that I've ever seen? And, you know, I think, you know, with the Clippers, they've also gotten a ton of rest. Um, I think that throughout the course of the summer going into the season, many people believe that the NBA championship, or at least an appearance on the Western Conference side, will have to go through Los Angeles, meaning, albeit the, the, the Clippers or the Lakers. And, you know, it seems that that could still be the case. But I'll add, uh, with a ton of rest, I, I don't sleep on, nor should you, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, particularly because that team was a Western Conference Finals appearance last season against a a more a more durable, you know, Golden State Warriors team. But one thing that has been, you know, Achilles heels for the Portland Achilles heel, excuse me, for the Portland Trailblazers has been injuries. You know, you start the season, Damian Lillard hurt. You know, you, you had issues with use of Nurkic and being hurt from the season before, and CJ McCollum at points being hurt. But you know, along came a guy named Carmelo Anthony that everybody thought was damaged goods, and you know, I think solidified himself number one in his first month as you know a Western Conference player. Uh, of, of the month in, in November, I believe. But, you know, what I'll add is um, a healthy Portland Trailblazers team is a dangerous Portland Trailblazers team. I think they match up well against the Lakers. Uh, I think that Rust did them very well, but they also got to get in the eighth seed. You look at the Memphis Grizzlies, um, they're an eighth seed, um, and they've done very well in, in rookie John Morant. And, you know, I, I took some time to check out the, the Memphis Grizzlies back in February in a game against the 76ers. And, was just amazed by it not just being John Morant who, you know, has, has, has done his thing. You know, Jaron Jackson, Jackson Jr. has been, you know, on the ball 
Um, and, and there's other guys on that team who, who's played well. But, you know, I, I think the biggest threat in the, in the Western Conference to the Lakers um, is the Clippers. And, you know, running around would probably be – and vice versa, I'll add. But I think vice versa. It, it would be the Blazers. I think they would just match up well. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think in the Eastern Conference, um, you look at the, the Milwaukee Bucks played well all season to give it to them. I think that the Sixers – uh, are a team as well as the Boston Celtics, oh. uh, both teams um, that that can be threats with rest. I've been impressed with Jalen Brown's play throughout the course of the season, uh, consistently, consistently consistent. Um, and he and I spoke back in December, and you know one of the things he said to me uh, was that basically um, he felt that you know Kimba Walker was in a great spot. Talked about how the two of them played USA on TV USA basketball together, and you know he really got a feel and a vibe and a respect for his game. Kimba coming in in his first year in Boston, getting the respect that, you know, I, I think he always deserved. New York player, close to New York and Boston, but, you know, all he knew was Charlotte other than playing in UConn and Stores, Connecticut. And so when I look at what, um, what Kimba Walker has done this season in year one, um, I think both the combination of he, Jalen Brown, as well uh, as Jason Tatum has been lights out fantastic. I, I'd like to see the Boston Celtics you know, really go deep and surprise a lot of people. And I think the reason why, you know, I mean, you, you think about it, just a couple of years ago, they were in the conference finals. You had Jason Tatum in year one going toe-to-toe with LeBron James, St. Louis's own, Jason, Jason Tatum going toe-to-toe. And I think, you know, when I, when I see how fearless he was against uh, LeBron James, it reminded me of that scene in Baby Boy. Uh, where, where I think you know what scene I'm talking about. Exactly where, 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 where I think it was it was it was it was um, Jody and and, and uh, Omar Epps. Uh, no, it wasn't Omar Epps. It was it was um, Omar Gooding. We're standing in the park yeah. with those guys, yeah. and they all flinched at him. Yeah, yeah. And that one guy didn't flinch. He said, oh, "You got heart. You got heart. You got heart. <laughs> <laughs> he has heart, man." He goes, so he, goes, I, he goes, "Go ahead and tell us. Tell us you got heart." Oh shit! This nigga got heart. <laughs> Look at his hand. You got heart again? You got heart, cuz. Go ahead and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> great scene, great scene. Right, so I, you know, Jason Tatum to me, man, I, 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 I take my hat off to him. Um, you know, I, I wish Boston well. I'm not just saying that because you're Boston based. I, I really have, you know, paid attention to Boston this season and. You know, I, I think that, that, that Martin Luther King game, game oh, yeah. uh, against the Lakers, I mean, Jalen Brown let three to ring that day, brother. He yeah. let three to ring. He did. And, uh, and there was no Kemba in that game. There was no Kemba in that game. There was no Kemba in that game. And and it was Jalen Brown. It was it was Jason Tatum going, you know, holding down the fort for most of that game. Yeah. And, and I'll say, like, in the regular season, you really, really saw Boston um, go toe-to-toe with, with Eastern Conference juggernauts. Early in the season, you saw Philadelphia matchups. You saw matchups against the Nets. You saw matchups against um, the Bucks. Just, just the Bucks. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you, I think these are these were early previews to the conference, potential conference finals matchups. Now I talked about Philadelphia. Philly's just dealt with injuries throughout the course of the season. I mean, you at the beginning of the season, legitimately, you had Joel Embiid whispers of. MVP conversations, you know, injuries have been in the kid's heel. And you look at Ben Simmons, injuries. And then, you know, in games that, you know, you didn't think they'd win, they'd win. They beat the Clippers in the regular season in Philadelphia back in February. Um, and, and then, you know, they took care of business with teams they were supposed to, like Memphis, like Chicago, you know, at large and stuff like that, like Charlotte. So, you know, I, I think Philadelphia really just hasn't had time to really be cohesive. Like, you look at the training deadline. They brought in Glenn Robinson the third, you know, right before, well, right, right at the trading deadline. And uh, I talked to Glenn Robinson third just about his mentality and his about his ability to kind of, you know, blend in with the 76ers. And he said, you know, my time in, in with the with the Golden State Warriors, even though we were losing, you know, I, I got time to sit and you know talk with with Draymond and just pick his brain and you know sit and talk with Steph Curry and learn things from him. I mean, this is a guy. And Glenn Robinson III is a second-generation basketball player. His dad was a legend. And, you know, Glenn Robinson has his own right, slam dunk contest. And I point Glenn asked him, like, hey, man, you, you've been a slam dunk champion. I mean this respectfully, but, like, how do you go from – go to your next act from being a slam dunk champion 
things kind of being quiet to find out the next act. And I think Philly is a great fit for but I also still think they're missing a piece. And I think Jamal Crawford would do them very well. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, Milwaukee is a team, you know, that's, that's done well in the regular season. But we've seen times before where the Boston Celtics were, were, were first seeds. And, you know, during the Isaiah Thomas era of, of, of basketball, and Cleveland came in and took care of business. So just because Milwaukee is a first seed doesn't mean they can't be beaten. I think a team like Boston or Philadelphia – who may be underestimated for going and make some moves. Nice, nice. Now, I'd be remiss not to, you know, send you out of here with this final question. Uh, who's your league MVP? LeBron James. Okay, okay. I like that answer because I, I feel like I'm one of the few that, that really believe that he is a league MVP. And I get it, you know, onto the Kumpo is having a, a great season, probably a better season than he had last year. But all things considered with LeBron James, everything that he's been through over the last year, year and a half, and, and to have the Lakers at the at the top of the Western Conference, and, and and at the age that he's still playing at a very very high level, and I still believe that he's the best player in the league right now, and I think he he is a league MVP. But it's gonna boil down to I think with kind of similar to what happened last year when in terms of record, because I know it's a regular season award. So I think it's probably gonna go down to the Kumpo, but I think it should go to LeBron James. Yeah, I think you're right. I think any pick you make is the best. But listen, man, I talked about reparations uh, a while ago as it relates to civil rights. Listen, man, they got to give LeBron his MVP reparations for how they they, they cheated him out of it a couple years ago when they gave it to James Harden. <laughs> I mean, he wants to show you a new man at 35. So you yeah. need to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a tough pill to swallow. I see I see I see where you're coming from on that one, yo. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Yes, sir. He is Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. And make sure to subscribe to his Scoop B Radio podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow him on Twitter at Scoop B as he continues to do his thing. Scoop, hey man, thanks for stopping by. And I hope we talk again real soon, man. My brother, thank you for the opportunity to be myself. You already know, my brother. Keep doing your thing and and, and be safe out there, all right? You too, my brother. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, fellas, it's about that time where we take our trip around the NBA with Joel's In Case You Missed It. Joel, what we got? In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It. Sean's got an apology. No, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't mean it that much. <laughs> if you like Causeway Street in Florida, you can still like us. But tell your friends that they're fucking dumbasses. That was hard, fellas. Or- I don't know, man. I don't actually mean that. If you're in Florida, you still suck. So that's it. Go ahead. In case you missed it. Uh, but listen to the podcast, kids. Of Come course, on. Of there course, you go. Of course. The NBA and the Player Association have signed off on the final terms of the reset down in Orlando. As the first and only two games on July 30th will be the Jazz versus the Pelicans, followed by the Clippers versus the Lakers. Both will be on TNT. That's a Thursday, by the way. Meanwhile, after after that, there will be at least five to six games daily. During the regular season, uh, Woo! The regular season Woo! Ends. yeah, so, you yeah. Know, get your DVDs Yo. ready, get your popcorns ready, kid. Ain't no work happening in, in fucking uh, August, bro. Games are are scheduled as early as one p.m. daily, so look for that. And uh, obviously, the eighth and ninth seed will battle it out in each conference if they are within four games or less before the start of the standard playoffs of four rounds, best of seven, and a one through eight seeding. Adam Silver on a conference call Friday said that the reset is the best option amid the COVID spike, saying, quote, we know COVID-19 will be with us for the foreseeable future, and we are left with no chance but to learn to live with the virus. No options are risk-free right now, end quote. Teams will begin to travel on July 7th through the 9th. The Celtics are scheduled to arrive in Orlando on July 8th, the same day as the Mavericks, Clippers, Grizzlies, Heat, Pelicans, Thunder, and Kings. Okay, I got I got one bone to pick with this whole schedule thing. Pick How the hell are you going to starve us from basketball for three and a half months and then open the fucking season with Utah versus <laughs> New Orleans? What the fuck? Yo, give me the hey, Clippers hey, 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 hey. versus the Bucks or some shit. Hey, like, give yo, me some. Don't act like, don't act like you ain't gonna be watching. You wanna see yo, how? Gonna, you wanna see how? Do you wanna see how? How uh, fucking uh, Donovan is gonna get along with uh, with with Gobert? You wanna see it? You wanna see him punch each other I'm out? Just, That's what you want. I'm see. just, I'm just saying, kid. All I want, I like, you couldn't put a. That's like a Wednesday night, eight p.m. game on ESPN. Not the best. You know what I mean? You know they're going to cash in on those Zion views, man. 
Yeah, you know, yo, fine, fine. Put that as a late game. Give me the fucking, give me the fucking Clippers Bucks as the first game. That's what it should be. The two best teams in East Conference, Clippers Bucks. Go ahead, or Lakers Bucks, or something like that. Don't worry, that's, I don't know. That's the only day that's shitty. You'll get, you'll get five to six games to choose from daily, and you can pick what you want to watch. I don't know if my work is ready for this, but I'm not doing <laughs> shit. Start, <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm a, start taking some vacation days, bro. You'll see, you'll see the schedule. Check the schedule out, and you'll, you, you know, start, I'm start just to, start to ask for some days off, or or you need to leave early. You got, you know. Yo, I'm just working from home. I'm just gonna have my computer there and just be drinking. As long as, as long, what times do the game start every day? One, one p.m. Except for, ah, except for that, except for that first night where it starts at six thirty. Shit's down the drain, kid. Shit's down the drain. <laughs> Don't be surprised. At the lunch, at the lunch, it's all downhill. At the lunch, <laughs> yeah. it's like Mad Men, kid. I'm just gonna be fucking having scotch Sipping with fucking yeah. No, Celtics. Man. Celtics play at 3.30 on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there ain't no chance of blacking out. You know? <laughs> All right, in case you missed it, uh, Gordon Hayward, along with many other star players here, will have player Got a options. mustache. Player options with dates are set to either opt in or opt out to become free agents. Hayward's deadline is October 17th to either pick up his 34.2 million option for his final year of a four-year 128 million contract he signed back in 2017 or become a free agent. Other key players that have the same deadline date include DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley, and Andre Drummond. Anthony Davis's deadline is actually three days sooner, October 14th, which is a day after the last possible date for Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Could wow. Be. Could you imagine if he has to make a decision? <laughs> he has to make a decision. They lose Game 7 of the NBA Finals. He's like, he's like I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm off and like, and like him and LeBron get into it in like the fourth quarter, and he's going to make the decision the next day, bro. That's crazy. He's like, I'm out. And Le- LeBron in like the post-game press conference just heated. Like Anthony Davis missed the shot to win it, and he's just like, you know, some people just weren't trained as hard as I was. <laughs> Anthony Davis is gone, kid. The fact that the fact that shit could go real bad for the Lakers in Game Seven, and this motherfucker is gonna have to have the big the one day later after he's still crying, gonna have to figure out if he's gonna opt in or not. You know, yeah. uh, that's a tough decision. Yeah. Uh okay. Gordon Hayward is he in or out? I say he opts out, but then the Celtics sign him for a lower salary, a lower ABV. Yes. Three years. Like what? What was supposed to happen with Al Horford? Exactly. I think it's more right. likely that it could ha- it happens with with Hayward. I, I'm thinking that Ainge has been talking to him, you know, on the low during this whole quarantine. I feel like Hayward's best chance to win is if he remains in Boston, considering all that he's been through. Yeah, I don't think that uh, his best chance to make money is in Boston, though. So we're gonna yeah, find so a lot he, about if he Gordon. wants to make money. Then yeah, he he'll he'll opt out. But if he wants to I'm, win, I yeah, I think I think he's gonna make a really good case for himself in the postseason. And Me some too. teams have come along and, and swoop in. It's no, in I, interest to opt out, whether yep. the sub is going to sign him or not. Whether he when he when he does opt out, don't think that that means he's completely gone from the Celtics. Yeah, but I do think another team will, will come in. And don't sleep on the Heat. I mean, the Miami Heat they yeah. could still be interested in him. The same the little heat, interest that the they heat, had a few the years Knicks, ago agreed. when he was the, an agent. You know, you know what else I was thinking about? I'm the thinking heat, about the Knicks. I'm thinking about, I was also thinking about the Suns. Thinking about conference. The Suns. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine the Suns coming in and getting a Gordon Hayward type player? Now you got you got young guys playing around a veteran. That's the Suns could be bigger on Gordon Hayward too, bro. They got a ton of cap space. If I'm the Suns, that's exactly the kind of guy you want to reel in. One thousand huge money, and you it's like it's like three, four years, three, four years at sixty that. to seventy million. Surrounding with young guys, that's actually a really good fit for him. Well, be a great fit for him, and 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 he's not going to be relied on to score. He can facilitate, rebound, do his thing that he wants to do. Which is what he's going to demonstrate. Well, he already has, but he's going to be at a higher level throughout the postseason. That's yeah. why it's really important for this thing to happen because guys like him, you know, he's he's one of those guys where this is more beneficial than anything, you know, as opposed to other guys who are sort of it's in their best interest to sit out. Yeah, I also think the Trailblazers could be in on him. Like, I think that. The way Gordon Hayward, like, the, the the market for Gordon Hayward, like, a lot of people are like, well, COVID's happening, so you don't know what's going to happen. No. The market for Gordon Hayward's going to be there, and he's going to get about 17 to $20 million a year, and he's going to command about three to four years because of his age. So, well, I, I mean, mean... That sounds about right. No, but yeah. 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 I, I mean, up- he's going he's gonna to make $70, million, 70 to $80 million in his next contract instead of playing one year under 34 
And then if you have a bad year, then guess what? You're one year older. That 70 to $80 million now turns into 20 to $30 million over a three year deal. You know what I mean? Like they, they're going to, they're going to, they're not going to pay for that best year. So I, I think that, um, honestly, the Celtics will be okay without Gordon going forward, moving like forward as a team because they'll be able to replace and build and, and sign other free agents and a lot of capital will open up. But I also do think that there's going to be a huge, a huge market for a guy like Gordon Hayward with a lot of these teams that don't get a chance to get these big stars in, in free agency all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can see that, which you're, which you just said, but I can also see a lot of teams not taking the risk because of the, Salary cap factor that it won't be as high as they want it to be, or our teams are hesitant to spend as much as they would normally spend. Well, I, I get that part. I get that part, but I mean, it's an that would that would be a short term view. And if you're a GM, you can't have a short term view because you got to think like if if this was any other year, if this was any other year, Joel. Gordon Hayward would be opting out and he would be signing a hundred million dollar contract right now. He'd be signing an Al Horford contract from last year. I think if this was any other year. So if you can get him at a 30 to 35% discount, you're going to do that, bro, every single time. And then let it go out the course of the deal and make make up your money, bro. I mean, I, I'll put my money on it today. He's gone, bro. I think he's gone. Even though the Brad Stevens connection is there, I think he's going to – the Celtics ain't going to pay him $60, $70 million. But the Blazers will. The Suns will. The Magic will. The fucking Heat will. A lot of teams will. Here's a few stats that I think is going to get him paid, which I think any player in the NBA gets him paid, right? He's shooting over 40% from behind the arc. For the first time in his career, no one's talking about this, from the floor, he's shooting over 50%. He's the fourth best scorer on the Celtics, and he's still averaging 17, 18 points yep. while putting up eight, eight to nine attempts a, a game. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... That's efficient. That's, that's efficient. That's, that's pure efficiency. And yep. in today's NBA, that's the kind of... Uh, stat line. Those are the kind of stats that get yourself paid, regardless of which what what uh what the team does or how it looks. And from the from he, the naked eye, he's viewed as a locker room guy. He's viewed as a veteran that will lead your team. You know, he's viewed as a as as pretty much like a glue guy, like a good guy on the team. So, you know, he's not going to have any of that. You know, look looking back to last year, the way Marcus Morris thought there was going to be a big you know, opportunity for him, but then it wasn't as big as he thought, right? I don't think you're going to have that situation with Gordon Hayward, who comes off as, you know, a multiple-time all-star that had a horrific injury but is now three years away from that, you know? Uh, I, I think I think that uh, you're going you're gonna to see him cash in, bro. I don't think I don't think it's a question about it. And that, that those are makes, by the way. I didn't mean attempts. That would be crazy if he made 17 points off of, like, seven attempts. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, man, 17, 6, and 4 for a guy who's not even a top three option. I mean, imagine, again, I'm really loving the Suns thing, by the way. He really planted a seed here. Imagine a team like the Suns being like, we can get this guy for low money, and he'll easily be the second best scorer next to Devin Booker. Yeah, and while, and then and then also be probably allow Oubre to move to like more of a stretch four. You got eight in there. Right. You know, now, now, now your lineup looks a little bit more like an NBA lineup instead of a college lineup, bro. Yeah. Uh, 1000%. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm like telling a Suns podcast now. Yeah, for real. Telling you. Yeah. Which tune is that? <laughs> well, congrats to, uh, Vince Carter on a 22 year career as the 43 year old announces retirement on his own, winging it with Vince Carter podcast, saying that he is officially done playing basketball professionally. He becomes. The last player drafted from the nineties. The big three. The don't big know, three. Big 19, three. Nineteen ninety eight draft class, along with our very own Paul Pierce. Now, did I don't know if a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys know, but he played in four decades. Yeah, that was my next thing, but I don't know if you understood that, though, there, Sean. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Sean. I don't know if you, under, if you understood that. <laughs> the first player wait, ever wait, to wait, have played wait, in the wait, NBA wait, during wait, four wait, different wait, decades. <laughs> What do you mean? How old is this motherfucker? Is this Benjamin Button, dude? When did he start playing when he was 10? <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> Everybody played in four decades, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember that uh, that epic 2001 All-Star game when the East came back from like 25 down? Yeah. He was the last player from that All-Star game to officially retire. He's, uh, yeah, you said he was the last player from the 90s to be drafted to, right? 
Last, yeah, last player from the 90s. Yeah. Calling it a career. Good for him. Hall of Famer, nice. guys? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. All in agreement. Yeah. Definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, like, uh, no-brainer Hall of Famer, man. That's a no-brainer Hall of Famer. I mean, even though he left without a championship ring, um, right? Because he wasn't on those Mavericks teams when they won, right? No. He was on that one, yeah. He went yeah. to the Eastern Conference Finals once with the Magic when they nearly got swept by the Celtics in 2010. That's like as close as he got. He was Dude, barely playing. He was barely get... playing in those games, though. He, he wasn't Vince. He was all injured and shit. Yeah, as close as he got to like getting to a Finals. He never got to an NBA Finals. But eight-time All-Star, obviously one of the best dunkers in the history of the game. Yeah, man, 1,000%. Top 20, that, I believe, in scoring, yeah. Yeah. You guys think if he missed his graduation that they would have the Raptors would have advanced? Oh, being the being the seventy sixers? Yeah. Not because he didn't have a shitty game. If he had a shitty game, then maybe I, you could blame him. Was that the was that the game where he missed that three pointer? Yeah, he missed it like was. like the game tying to go to overtime, game yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the graduation <laughs> <laughs> was like that the last oh, shot of the game. Oh. Yo, he had a good game. He had a good game. <laughs> That's he had like lag. almost forty points oh, no, that oh, no, game. Oh, no, sweat. Did you say jet lag from from North Carolina to Philadelphia? <laughs> Toronto, no, to Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, no. I'm tired I, I, of a flight. I'm, I'm tired on a flight from here to Philly. Are you kidding me? I do. I do think it was game do, seven though. If you don't have if you don't have yeah. any any adrenaline in a game seven, then there's something wrong with you. Yo, he had a great game that game, and I think that that was just that was just you know unfortunately. You know, injuries did have a, have a role to play in his career, but like everybody One needs of the to, basketball gods who looked down on that decision. Every, every, everybody needs to fail before they succeed. And I, I thought that was his like failure moment. And I was like, yo, and that was he's like gonna, two years into his career at that point. Yeah. It was going to be like, yo, he is never going to miss that shot again. Yeah, Watch out for Vince and the Raptors. But nearly that close. With, 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 I know. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm the saying, I'm saying, man, don't fuck with them, bro. You know, they're like, yo. yo you miss yo, oh, wait, wait, wait. You're gonna you're gonna go where for a game seven and then go to the game? Like, come on, bro. Yeah, it's questionable. But I could do both. Now now he's got a life after basketball. He can lean on that on that uh, degree he got. Yeah, it's almost degree, as weird as degree in economics or whatever the fuck it was. Almost. Almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean at the same time, like North Carolina, like this is your biggest person. You have to put the schedule of graduation on there's game seven, you know? <laughs> Like, just for him. Like we're gonna we're gonna postpone, you know, this graduation for the shitload of kids yeah. to graduate the entire, the because entire of this. Gra- undergrad class would be like, yo, this motherfucker took a night fucking class. Yeah, right? I know, right? Like, it took some online course to finish to get his credits. To really plus this, like, don't blame us because he, he decided to, you know, drop out of drop out of college three years ago. F that. Like, yo, this no. six credits this last semester. Fuck him. I know it was on a Sunday too. Isn't you know mostly college. College graduation's on a Sunday, so. No, move, move that shit to Monday, kid. <laughs> well, in case you missed it, Vince Carter's former Hawk teammate, Trey Young, has signed with Clutch Sports Group just in time for those negotiations for his rookie scale extension next summer before the uh, 2021-22 season. Does that mean he's going to actually uh, cut his hair and join the shop? And Does that mean that he's actually going to get a basketball court in his hey, fucking guys, guys. house? Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> Don't get up! Don't get upset now. I mean, Jason Tatum. That has, dude's got the worst basketball. Jason court Tatum. Of any Jason NBA Tatum right now. I think Jason Tatum's looking up Your to Trey Young because Jason Tatum has his hair just like Trey Young right now, and he just got a basketball hoop. Nah, yo, his hair, his hair is, his hair is different, man. It's way more, thin, way more crazy. fresh. Yeah, Trey's got Trey, like the baby hair look going. Yeah, on. Come on. Trey's got Trey's got that look that that's go. like Trey's got that look that like in like three years he's gonna have a big ass bald spot. Like it's good he's going with clutch sports. So then. He's mad thin. Yo, Jason Tatum's got fucking the thickest, most luscious hair in the fucking league right now, bro. I didn't even know you could curl it like that, kid. <laughs> I'm not I'm not one I'm not one for letting NBA players hair grow yo, up, Tatum. but I saw I saw that and I was like, damn, yo, that shit that that doesn't look bad, kid. Like you, Tatum, you got Tatum's it. Bro. Latino now, bro. He's got that good hair. Yo, he Trey does not look pass off as a Latino. Trey's like, yo, you need some restoration, my man. No, Trey needs, Trey needs like, Trey needs like seven more follicles per fucking square inch on his head, bro. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not having a good, he's thinning as fuck. And I always thought he looks like the he's fucking. He's having a rough go at it. Is it just me or is it yeah. white? 
He'll get yo, some, yo, you got white hairs already? He'll get some sod for the, you know, for that lettuce. Don't worry. All right. The Causeway Street Podcast brought to you by Dr. Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Hair restoration, kid. Change your lettuce, change your life, kid. Yo, get, yo, get some more. That, yo, yo yes. fucking take care of your lettuce, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yo, take some of your burger meat and put it on top of your lettuce, kid. There you go. <laughs> All right, problem solved. You want to take you, some of that taco meat you got off your chest? I know you guys got it. I got plenty. Just make sure you don't want to look like you got cheese up there, you know? Just leave, yo, that, leave that taco meat just as nobody, is. Nobody, nobody likes cheese. Like, Nobody likes a peeled coconut, okay? <laughs> make sure it's got some. Make sure it's got some fur. And make make sure, sure it's got some strength. And make sure you peep us on all social media platforms at Causeway Street. <laughs> Before you go to Doctor Leonard, right, and you visit <sighs> CausewayStreet.com for all your Celtics NBA news, rumors, and opinions. And shout out one more time to uh, Scoop B for checking in with us, Scoop. And that's what gonna up? do it for this edition of In Case You hey, Missed It. Hey, I touched on this, but hey, we we had a landmark day in our society today. DC's the fifty first day, bro. Gonna be a fifty first star on the flag. There we go. Yo, why are you so into this? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking history, bro. You love DC that much, bro? I don't even like DC that much. I mean, it was kind of cool when you used to come across like like the old map, and you know Hawaii wasn't there yet. I mean, you know, like back in the day when I was like in first grade. You guys remember that? Yep. I mean, I went to a really old school that should have updated their stuff. But. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So we used to come across these old maps and be like, yeah. Bro, like, Hawaii wasn't the, even on the fucking map, the kid? District. They didn't no. become a state of the 60s, so I guess it is kind of significant. I guess every... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, every 60, oh, 60 fucking years, 40, every 60... Fu- every 60 and we haven't had a new state in a very long time. Yeah. Puerto Rico, yeah, yeah. shout out to Puerto Rico. You guys should have been a state. I don't think you want to be a state, but no, you should have no. been the 51st state, that but, you know... Safe. Nah, man. DC is so cool. Even even Bertans doesn't want to represent DC right now down in Orlando. He's that cool that he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, want to, he doesn't want to mess up his money, guys. Well, you know, so speaking if I'm, of him, if I'm, a, if I'm, that'd be a really good Celtic right there. I would love to see him do the Celtic uniform. I want, nah, yeah, I want, fuck I want, that, I want dude. to look at him, you know, earlier in the season. But I, no, nah, I think he, I think he thinks he's a little bit too cool now to uh to not participate in the uh, in the restart because he doesn't want to mess up his chances of a negotiation for a new contract. Anyway, yeah, I mean, what what can he actually do? Like, what is he going to do? Average like fifty points a game or some shit? No, he's not going to do that, bro. He's going to come back looking out of shape. You know, you don't want to do that. He's got no chance. But uh, do you think that um, there's going to be a lot of lot of like make or break contracts that are coming up for this uh, from from their play in the bubble? Because I don't. I think for the role players more so because I think yeah for like the. The stars and the young, the young stars and then the, the veteran stars, you know, they're, they already are where they're going to be at. But well, for the role okay. players, for the role Let's players. Let's talk about Bertrand. Bertrand isn't a role player then? He's a role player. Yeah. I, th- I feel like he thinks that the Wizards don't have a chance. So he's like, why am I going to go down there? Look foolish. And injure myself. Yeah. And, and, and possibly injure myself. And then I'm not going to get signed because whether it's the Wizards or somebody else, that's how he's looking at it. I think. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll uh, see. Yes, absolutely. Fellas, until next week. Until next time. I'll see you when the basketball starts playing, kid. Yeah. We got a month, but okay. Yeah. Ah, shit. All right. I'll see you before more, it happens. More looking ahead to do, bro. <laughs> ah, we gonna, what are we going to do next, next, next episode? Just say the exact same shit we did today. We're going to talk about, you know, dress code and how, you know. <laughs> How Ping pong rules. Yeah, how, how Brad Stevens has you know his his percentage when he wears a polo versus you know a long sleeve and a tie. And Yo, maybe tie. we maybe we could get into Kelly Olynyk bun versus hair down. Oh, shout out to you, Chris Forsberg. Yeah.